Welcome to Informed Aging, a podcast about health, help, and hard decisions for older adults. I'm Robin Roundtree. I spent nearly six years as a family caregiver and now work in the industry. With me is my co-host, Edith Gendron, Chief of Operations for Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center, a positive approach to care certified trainer and consultant, and a former family caregiver with well over 20 years of experience in the industry. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast belong to us, not our wonderful employers and sponsors. If you want to get mad, get mad at us and not at them. Before making any significant changes in you or your person's life, please consult your own experts. Today, we're going to take a look back with our podcast producer, Kyle. See if he's picked up anything in all of these episodes we've recorded. We'll be right back after this. Senior Helpers is the only home care agency offering a revolutionary new way to approach senior care. The Life Profile Assessment. This data-based app is a crucial tool in helping seniors age safely and successfully at home. Combined with our proven in-home care programs and trained caregivers, Senior Helpers Life Profile is leading the way to better outcomes for our clients. For more information, log on to SeniorHelpers.com. For over 37 years, the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center has served as a central Florida-based grassroots nonprofit and community resource center dedicated to providing support and hope for families and individuals caring for someone they love who is living with Alzheimer's disease or other dementia-related illness. The ADRC empowers caregivers with the knowledge, support, skill, and strategies through a variety of programs to help them confidentially prepare for the challenges that lie ahead. To learn more, visit their website at adrccares.org. That's adrccares.org. And we're back with Kyle Cassandra of Digital Broadcasting's podcast studio. Hi, Kyle. Hi, Robin. Hi, Edith. How are you guys today? We're good. We're, We're good. good. Well, this is the year-end show, right? Yes. And, you know, every time there's a year-end show, it always seems like the producer comes on and talks to the hosts about what we learned over the past couple of years. Is that Was that what happened? That's usually how it works. So, Kyle, you've, you've been with us and actually had a crisis in your family during the That's time right. that we've recorded you know, it's so funny, as uh, you came to me, Robin, with this idea and, and introduced me to Edith and what everybody was doing at the ADRC, my grandfather was sh- probably a year in to showing signs of uh, Alzheimer's and dementia and hearing the stories coming out from uh, where they're from in central Mississippi, obviously not being so close. It was just hearing everything secondhand and being able to talk to my grandfather on the phone. We started this podcast and it was like, okay, as I'm learning everything, I'm trying to apply it to my grandfather. And unfortunately he passed away in January. Mm. Uh, but thinking back on it, it's like, wow, there's so many things that not that we did wrong as a family, but if I had listened to this podcast, I would have been able to approach it a lot differently and probably would have been able to take away some of the unnecessary stress that was brought on simply because, you know, as a family, how many people out there right now listening know that if a loved one develops Alzheimer's dementia tomorrow, would you know exactly what to do? And it's not like, they wake up one morning and have it. It's something that is consistently growing and adding and getting worse. It's kind of like the uh, 
the frog in the in the boiling water. Mm. If you put the frog in the boiling water, he jumps out immediately. But if you put him in cold water and he relaxes and you slowly boil it up, it, it's kind of the the same thing. Whereas if all of a sudden I meet somebody with Alzheimer's, oh, I'm going to know they have it. I know what to do immediately. But if it takes a slow approach to it and you can get frustrated and look for the signs, I mean, I don't know how to look for the signs, but I do now. So right. this was always a, this is why podcasts like this are incredibly valuable. And I think denial is such a big part of the family. I know I did it with my mother. You don't want to see those signs at all no. because that means something really bad. No, you won't ever want to admit a loved our, one. Yeah. Yeah. Our family podcast, same thing. Yeah. When we had Michelle and Lynn. Um, part of the complications there early on was denial, yes, but that's a little kitschy. It's refusal to understand the significance of what you're seeing. It's like if I don't think that the sudden inability to pump gas in my car is anything other than, well, it was just stress, I was having a bad day, then it allows you to push away that very significant change that needs to be investigated. So. I think that's important for our families to yeah. know and our so, listeners. That's of, a great podcast, by the way. We should tee that up. If anybody has not heard that podcast, that was what, July? August? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I would I would scroll down and listen to that one. That was fantastic. Yeah. So we're talking end of the year. So you may have been home with family members that you hadn't seen in a while. So let's review. This was fascinating to me. The things you should look for with that person you haven't seen in a while. Absolutely. Uh, um, certain things like, is there significant changes? And when I say significant changes, I mean, can you tell a measurable difference from what was happening to what is happening now? So that's my definition. So does mom or dad or the person you're concerned about look fu- different? Do they smell funny? Um, are their clothes disheveled? Is What condition is the house in? Um, our neighbor, once upon a time, the daughter visited and opened the refrigerator to a wealth of rotting food. Mm. Um, what is going on there? Has your person gotten lost? Check out the car. Are there new dings? Are there new dents? Um, how is your person interacting with you? Are they doing something called confabulation? And there's no malice there. What's confabulation? It's, yeah, it's giving you an answer to a legitimate question that isn't the truth. For example, you may visit me if I'm your mom and you may say, after you look at my cupboards and see that there's not a lot of food there, say, well, mom, what are you, what are you having for dinners? And I say, oh, well, I, you know, I like pork chops and I have rice and I have peas a lot. Sometimes I have corn and you know better because you're not seeing any evidence of that. There's no meat in the freezer, mm. none of that. Um, that's confabulation. Again, no malice, but a true indication that the person is trying to answer a question that they really don't have an answer to. Yeah, so if they say they eat corn, but you look in the trash and there's no cob or there's no frozen bag of corn anywhere or anything like that. Or if they say they ate something that you know they never liked, Mm. right? Um, It's like, oh, well, you know, it's real healthy, so I've started to eat liver. Now, if I ever say that to anybody in my family, take me somewhere (laughs) and get me checked real quick. Okay. Uh, Right, because it's those sorts of things, too. Um, 
that the the person with the illness is just trying to normalize the situation. Right. right. They know they should have an answer and they don't know what the answer is. I can't remember if I ate breakfast, let alone if I ate what I ate. So I'm going to give you a plausible answer. One of the many reasons you shouldn't quiz. Well, what's today's date, mom? And what did you have? What did mm. you do? Well, oh, here, who's this coming across the street, mom? Those are things we don't do. Mm. Our p- people are always confused. Always. That's a definition, initial clinical definition. When you ask a question like that, that the person doesn't know the answer to, it instantly increases their anxiety and makes them more confused. So instead of saying, oh, who's this coming? We say, look, it's your grandson, Kyle, mom. He's come to visit, right? Right. Those kinds of things. We give them what they might be missing. Yeah. If you were to ask me the date right now, it would stress me out a little bit, and I don't have to. I'd have to look at my watch. Exactly. Ah, Yes, it is. I don't want to know what day it is because after the two hurricanes we had this year, it's still September in my head. Yeah. It's not not the end of the year. I feel yeah. So I have a question for you, Edith. How do you know if somebody, a loved one, is confused or they just didn't hear you? Excellent question. Um, We thought our mom was losing her mind, and I mean that sincerely, and it was a matter of hearing. And this went on for months. We figured it out when she gave a really bizarre answer to a simple question, and it was something like, do you want a hot dog or a hamburger? And she said something about going to church on Mm. Christmas Eve, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So how do you know? You don't know. Because you're not a professional. You have concerns, and you check out those concerns. The first concern you have is, is there something going on here that we can fix? Assume you can until you know you can't. Um, Urinary tract infections are big, big, big culprits for causing confusion. You know, um, again, picking on my poor mom. She called me one day. She said, honey, um, I know this isn't really happening, but there's purple spots on the wall with white dots, and they're dripping. It's like, okay, um, okay, let me talk to someone else in the house, mom. It's like, you probably need to get her to the ER. And sure enough, she had a UTI. So um, the more profound things, again, are getting lost in a familiar place and not knowing how to use a familiar object. I lose my keys on a regular basis. No, no big deal. My, when I was 18, my mother brought me, bought me a little tennis racket right? To put my keys on. Um, (laughs) When I forget what those keys are for, now we've got a problem. When I come out of the bedroom with my underwear on top of my clothes, now we, those are significant issues to be looked at. I think what I brought from this year for me was the baseline. Like I know, get blood work done once a year, get the mammogram done, you know, every five years I get the fabulous colonoscopy, but I also need to get my brain health checked and my hearing yes, checked. Yes, yes, yes. Because one of the things I learned after our great podcast with J.C. Soto mm-hmm. is I actually went and had my hearing checked. And I learned then, and it was one of those things where, well, yeah, I knew that, but wow, he did such a good job at explaining it. You can have hearing loss, right? Nerve damage, what have you. And the hearing aids will help and you will hear better. Yeah, And that would apply to all of us in this room. You can have processing loss where you're not processing what you're hearing. Oh, yeah. And hearing aids won't help that. 
Oh. I don't know about you, Robin, but after 20 years in radio, I know I have processing loss. There's no question about it. Wow. Well, and that's that's an indication of you probably need to have things checked. Oh, yeah, there's no question. Thoroughly. I shouldn't um, be, but yeah, I do. And he can test, right? He has special tests for that, and, I, and I'm sure others can too, but right. um, so yes, hearing is, is a huge issue. So. Yeah, that was a great episode to go back and listen yeah. to. I learned so much, because hearing loss, you don't know the difference between processing loss. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's why. Right. And and you know, again, hearing will the sound will be improved, but understanding. And so you would imagine if someone has hear a, a regular hearing loss that can be corrected with hearing aids, you'll stop hearing the what, what, what. But when someone has the processing change, and we teach that, right, when we talk about um, tips and, and tools and strategies for our care partners, is your when your person says what? It's not so much what I didn't hear you, it's what? I don't understand what you're saying. They're missing consonants, they're missing nouns, mm. they're just not processing in the same way that they once did. Mm. We had the amazing geriatrician, Dr. Rosemary oh, Laird in. Three she, episodes with her. She's wonderful. Isn't she wonderful? I wish everybody um, could benefit from her. And as soon as I said that, I believe that I know she's doing telehealth now, and originally it was just for Florida, but I do think she's managed to get that expanded to elsewhere in oh. the country. So that might be something to my memory clinic would be a good place to go and check that out because I am telling you, 30 years in this business, and she is a gifted, gifted person. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, Dr. Leslie Laws came in with uh, meditations and gratitude. And when I did implement her suggestions and meditate every morning and do her gratitude journal, it really did make a difference. Isn't then she I got lazy oh, and I got to no. get back to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. really helped clear up some of the nonsense in, in the brain. So. Yeah. Yeah, I have her journal, and like you, I allow other things to get in the way. Yeah. We are not lazy women, thank you very much. You're, we are thank you. extremely busy, um, but Dr. Leslie Laws is one of those folks who brings the science into something that might otherwise turn people off. Well, I don't do that mystical stuff, but she... If you've ever listened to her really present, and she does for us a lot, she tells you the science behind this. Right. As little as two minutes a day will make a difference in your brain. And our researchers, um, Dean and Aisha Sherzai, the physicians in Loma Linda, California, meditation is part of their prevention program. Wow. So we aren't we aren't just um, you know sitting in the corner saying ohm. Yes. Was that the podcast improving your life in five minutes a day? Yes, perhaps. yes, that's that the episode gratitude. we should go back and listen to. Yes, yes. yes. yeah, she's wonderful, and of course she does some um, presentations for us on a monthly basis. So if anybody wants to tune into Zoom, it's anybody could listen to yeah. her and, and follow along with guided meditation. And our most popular podcast has been about hospice which makes me so happy because people don't want to talk about that. Mm -hmm. And I love that they can just download it and learn that information and not have to have an uncomfortable conversation, but learn about it and then think, is it right for me or my person to go ahead with that? We're a little bit pushy at ADRC about um, hospice because we see what happens when you don't have them 
in your life, in your person's life, especially if you keep them home. You know, we we talk about the the rare times people refuse hospice and are also part of our brain bank research study when and they don't have to be. The, the point that I'm making is if you have someone at home that you're caring for and they die without hospice, you have to call the police. And the police are coming to determine if a crime has been committed. And I have mm-hmm. seen that happen, and it is brutal for families, Ugh. right? They come in. I mean, in, in one instance, they took the laptops. They took everything. They took <gasps> the medications. That's their job. Right. You know, if this was a legitimate death, where's hospice, right? And you're usually, right. that person has become very bruised because yes. they're on blood yes. thinners Skin and it tears looks, and oh, they're contra- no. Yeah, yeah. So mm. that alone, I mean, I mean, I remember one family member saying to me, I wish I had listened. And I said, would you tell me why you didn't want hospice? And they said, because I didn't know, I didn't see what they were doing. I couldn't tell what they were doing. But that speaks to the grace of how good they are, right? Right. Um, hospice is important not just for the care of the person, but for the care of the whole family, the whole intimate circle. Right. Right. All right, Kyle, give us something else that you've learned. I got one for you. Actually, this is the episode I was trying to forget. Um, what was it? Sexual health after 65? Uh, that was a fun sex one. Sex and seniors? Yeah. That'll always be the one that'll be remembered. Way too the most. uncomfortable. Uh, no, it's just after a while. It's like, wow, yeah, okay. Why? Why? I would, hear those rumors. Why would you? I try hear to, what's going on over there. <laughs> why would you try to forget that? When do you intend to stop? No, well, that's the thing. It's like I hope I, I hope I get over this at some point. But no, apparently, I'm just gonna. That's just a need going all the way to the 80s. It all the way till you know the yeah. last breath because even if mechanics fail, the need for that intimacy, and that's what I got from. Tori, soon to be Dr. Tori, right, Um, was that it's the intimacy that we're talking about, not so much the physical act. Yeah, and it's not so much that I didn't want to forget it for the reasons that obvious. I kind of, how do I say this to make it not sound bad? I kind of felt sad. I felt sad for the struggle and the intimacy. And if you don't have that, I mean, I completely understand it as a human being, but just to hear the struggle of it. Because people are at that age are going through different things, and at that point, there's not as many fish in the sea. And of the fish, how many of them can actually meet the same level of care? You might, and then that doesn't mean that you're uh, at a different level. It was just, right. it, 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 for better or for worse, I just kind of was like that. That one kind of was very sad to me. I don't know why. Yeah, and uh, that, the struggle, the loneliness. It was loneliness and isolation are very, very bad for mm-hmm. us. And I'm going to be a little uncharitable, maybe, mm-hmm. um, and keeping in mind we've all been family members, and point out that oftentimes it's not the elderly couple. It tends to be the concern of family members around them. I almost said outrage. That's a little strong. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking of two sisters in particular, where one was very supportive of dad and whatever he wanted to do with his lovely friend. And the other one was just no, you know, I walked in and they were laying on the bed together. Now they were fully clothed on top of the covers, but she objected to that. They're mm. our parents. Mm. They are our elders. Right. And we need to remember and respect that. If you want to put it in personal terms, you know, when do you want your child to come in and tell you to stop doing what you're doing with with your intimacy, with your care for someone else? Right. So, um, and that, that becomes a real issue when you're talking about healthcare settings. Absolutely. 
Guys, it was it was a good year. It was here a good at the year. Informed Aging Podcast. If you know of something that you would like us to cover, we are open to suggestions. Unless you're trying to sell something that we don't believe in, we should have a listener <laughs> mailbag in 2023. Just people asking questions. That'd That's be great. true. And we'll do that. We'll ask a most common questions one. I love it. So our email is informedagingpodcast at gmail You can reach out Instagram informed underscore aging. Facebook.com slash informed aging. Make sure you subscribe. Tell your family and friends about us. Tell them to subscribe. It makes us feel good. I'm not going to lie. We're <laughs> not, not getting advertising dollars here. We just want right. to spread the yeah. word. So, um, and again, we've recorded this at Digital Broadcasting's podcast studio with our producer, Kyle Cassandra. Yeah. If you want to go to the website, digibco.com. There we go. That's it for now. We are looking forward to our next visit. Everybody have a great holiday season.